Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It's time for the Life Writing Podcast with your hosts, authors and screenwriters Stephen Barnes and Tanana Reeve Dew. All about creating the project of your dreams while living a balanced artist life. Be the hero or heroine of your own story. Sponsored by LifeWritingPremium.com. Get ready to write for your life. Virgin Voyage, the Life Writing Podcast. Episode one of the Life Writing Podcast, Write for Your Life. This is where married authors and screenwriters Stephen Barnes and Tanana Reeve do talk about writing during stressful times, breaking into Hollywood, and balancing life. Every week, we'll share more tips on how to build a better life while you create your dream projects, even if it's only one sentence a day. I am Tanana Reeve And I'm Steve Barnes. Uh, I originally created the life writing concept 30 something years ago. Uh, it's basically the application of the tools of writing to life and the tools of life to writing. Just, there it is. Just allowing us to do that specifically. I think that people do that automatically to a degree, instinctively to a degree. But if you start doing it consciously, uh, it makes a difference. So let's just talk a little bit about what's been going on. We had an amazing 2021 in many ways, even though obviously we're still in a pandemic. So there are some stresses involved there, although happily vaxxed, which makes it a lot easier. So we did a little bit of socializing, went out a few times. We had a premiere party for the Shutter film Horror Noir, which premiered late last year in the fall and steve and i co-wrote two of the segments for that one of them called the lake and one of them called fugue state and that was one of my peak moments in 2021 that party and that screening yeah the the pandemic what you have to do is you have to roll with this stuff i mean the stress is going to be there regardless but stress isn't what hurts you what hurts you is when there's so much stress you can't adapt to it you can't adjust to it that it, you can't you can't make your body your mind your your spirit stronger with it so the trick is to try to reduce the stress and part of the way you can do that is by being grateful for whatever opportunities anytime there's a problem there are also opportunities there are ways you can learn about yourself ways that you can do things so for us last year it was okay we've got a homeschool our son so we take you know actually get into that that was really something oh my goodness about six weeks into the term last fall he decided mom and dad i don't want to go to school i want to be homeschooled i liked better i liked it better with virtual learning right so you there are the disadvantages to that are obvious so <laughs> right you know uh, it, it's it's you yeah, know because it's, it's more than an ocean people more time and effort and energy so what you have to do is you have to find the ways oh well, this is perfect because of this this allows us to have greater control over this this allows us to spend more time doing that you know if you've got to deal with the problem then the only thing you can do is find some way that the problem turns into an advantage and that is exactly what's happened because i am now a true 
believer when it comes to homeschooling. I just wish, I was just telling Steve this morning, I wish we had done it sooner because um, middle school was interesting, let's just say. And I, I think we could have had some opportunities to, to work with Jason outside of like the social struggles of middle school that would have been really beneficial to him. But number one perk, can you guess what it is? sleeping in late well yes oh there's definitely that oh my gosh we did i i was i woke up at 6 30 the other day just because i couldn't sleep and i thought to myself oh my gosh this is the time i used to get up every morning well you know for me it, i know that if i get enough sleep in general i just don't get sick uh i'm not suggesting that that's going to stay true with covid <laughs> but i do know that if i get enough sleep to feel healthy all the time were something to happen and I do anticipate that eventually I will get exposed. I mean, it, it, it's only reasonable to assume it's going to happen at yeah, some point. Omicron I'll, is pretty uh, out there. For yeah, everyone. you know, yeah. it seems to be twice as, as infectious, but luckily not as deadly yes, as, so far. as the original variants, as, as Delta. So um, getting enough sleep, making sure that I have the time to do the things that I need to do, making sure that the time, the extra time I have with, with Jason, is um is good time is time that we can both look back on and remember i uh i can't think of anything that's more important than that to remember that we're his whole world we're yes. you know we're 98 percent of, of of what he comes into contact with i forgot to tell you yesterday he said he wants to get a game that we can play together in vr isn't that Yes, he absolutely. Wants to play with us, parents. He's seventeen, so if you all aren't parents, he'll be eighteen. You and know, you don't understand. It is, it is a very rare thing for your teenage child to say, "Mom and Dad, I want us to hang out more." Yeah, in, in I, the virtual world, <laughs> I, I can't even begin to. You know, it's there are a few things that I wanted in life, and I've been fortunate enough to to basically get them all. But one of them was definitely family connection. Was having was having that sense of my son knowing who I am and me knowing who he is and us having a personal connection in that sense. That was just incredibly precious to me. So the, the idea that the pandemic is giving me opportunities to go deeper into that, it means a lot to me. And another perk we really didn't think about at the beginning is that because we are officially his teachers in this program we're using, we get to shape his curriculum. There's a platform that has what I consider a template <laughs> curriculum, but uh, we, I, I just uh, inserted a Langston Hughes poem uh, in the curriculum. So there's all, there are all kinds of ways that we can mold it and shape it and make it work for all of us a little better. So let's see, so that's kind of family stuff there. You know, uh, let's see what uh, anything else happened oh, family wise. Oh, 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 what, what else? I was, just, we, we the last thing Christmas. I was gonna say, yeah, we had a Christmas. I got to see my dad in Atlanta. I was going to say that we get to uh, assign Jason to read one of our novels, yes. our teen zombie novel, Devil's Wake. That's fun. I, I can't wait because there were things that we wrote in that book that were specifically designed to be read by our kids. You know, the yes. stuff, little, little jokes and little things for Nikki and some stuff in there for Nikki's Jason a, when he was old enough. My stepdaughter, his daughter. Um, so it's 
it's fun that we're finally at a point where we can kind of say to him, all right, every day you're going to read X amount of this book, and then you get to talk to us about it. And so, you know, it's different than if it was, you know, a classic <laughs> novel of some kind, as much fun as that would be. But knowing that he's starting to have a sense of who it is that we are. And yes, it's the first time he's ever read anything of ours. So we are over the moon about that, very excited about it. And part of what we talk about in life writing is obviously that work life balance work can mean working on your projects or work can mean a job but life is always about keeping yourself healthy and centered keeping your relationships healthy and centered uh, as the stress rises it's more and more important that we think about what tools we have so that we can thrive both as artists and as humans you know i remember um there was a movie that changed my life uh it's all that jazz and in it, uh, Bob Fosse, uh, in the person of Roy Scheider, um, is a choreographer and uh, uh, Broadway director who is addicted to sex, drugs, and musical theater. And he basically turns his life inside out, upside down, and by the end of the movie, he dies. He, he, just, he destroys his life. And I walked out of that movie thinking, you know, that could be me because I was absolutely committed to success. I, I'm just desperate, you know, pathological, just like, I just, I've got to, I've got to succeed. But in order to succeed, you have to become extreme and becoming extreme throws you out of balance and being out of balance kills you. So I was caught. That's the fodder for tabloids. If you're wondering, you know, celebrities getting into trouble is often because they put so much emphasis on making it, nailing that audition, booking that job and all the party perks that so, they've gotten out of balance. So the very psychological tendency that helps you be who it is that you are or helps you get to the place you want to get to can also destroy you. And so caught on that, I think I took the was taking the bus home from it. And it just this was just running through my mind over and over again. I have to, but I can't. If I do, I won't. You know, just the the very thing that I need to do will destroy me. And if I don't, but if I don't do it, I'll also be destroyed. And I had one of the, the great breakthroughs in my life. I, I thought that that success requires obsession, but obsession throws you out of balance. Then the only thing that it's possibly sane or safe to be obsessive about is being balanced. And so that was actually a core of, of what's going on here that I demanded from myself that I have excellence in my writing career, in my physical being, specifically in, in practice of martial arts, and in my relationships, that, that all three of these things became important. And I could look at each, if, if each of them is connected to the other two, then I can see problems in one reflected in, in the other two, that I could actually analyze what it is that, that I'm doing in an arena. It's like having a, a mirror with which you can see the back of your head. You know, if, if I can see that I'm not fulfilling my obligations over here in, in, in working out, my motivation is wrong, or I'm, I'm not keeping track of things, it's reasonable for me to assume that some of that problem is going to leak over into the other arenas. It's funny because I experienced all that jazz at a much different time of my life and we didn't know each other then. Right. We've been married for 23 years, but that was long before we got married. Um, what I took away with it was just sort of my feeding my obsession with death, you know, but bye-bye uh, my life, bye-bye. But anyway, uh, I did try to take something positive in 
my awareness of death and understanding that yes life is finite I don't know what's on the other side but in the meantime I need to go for my dreams but like you said with balance well if you don't do that then you can end up I think that most people have about the same they're given about the same number of chips or call it you know vision it with a lump of clay and most people who are successful have just taken all their clay and pushed it into one area of the box if if it can become a lot like those houses at Universal City that look great from one direction, but you look around behind it and it's empty. Scaffolding. It's, it's just <laughs> scaffolding. That's right. So, so you know, most people actually don't do anything in particular with their clay. It's just sitting there in a in a lump. Um, but some people will push it all into one corner. The luckiest people take that clay and they shape it. They craft it into something beautiful. And it's the same amount of clay, but it, it both serves a purpose and it is very attractive. So I think that that's what I try to do is to, because I don't really believe in talent. I believe in, in hard work over time combined with, with passion, finding the thing that you really care about. So knowing that my writing impacts my family and my martial arts, that my family impacts my writing and my martial arts, my martial arts impacts my writing and my family, then each of these things is supported by the other things. And so it's it's that if the commitment is to being balanced in all three ways, then I think that you have a better chance of being in the game for the long term. And that's what we want for you guys. I mean, in some ways, the life writing program, especially the our life writing premium program, is designed to help people go from zero to being published writers in about a year. That that if you are willing to actually go through certain things, keep your energy high take care of yourself, stay on track. Initial goals, like I'm gonna publish a story, aren't that difficult. Um, you, have to, you have to be capable of setting goals that are within a small enough time frame that you can see some progress in it. So, you know, whether you're trying to lose weight, you're, you're trying to, to, you know, start dating more or make, develop a better relationship. You're starting to have, you're trying to have, uh, get a writing career off the ground. If you can set the goal, your initial goals that are small enough that within weeks or months, you can actually see some progress. You start feeling more excited about what you're doing. That is a great segue into looking ahead to 2022. This is our first podcast. We're starting a new year. 2022, like I said, we had some real peak moments in 2021, some of which will come to fruition in 2022, uh, including I'm finally publishing a new novel after I don't even know how many years I have a Took novel. Took you long enough. <laughs> but uh, this was a pandemic novel. I've been working on it for at least seven years. But it was during the pandemic that I literally was afraid I would die before I would finish writing it. So that turned out to be very motivating for me. And I actually got it finished. I got it sold in 2021. And as far as I know, I'm still waiting for notes from my editor. But as far as I know, it's supposed to come out in 2022. We have a graphic novel called The Keeper. Yeah, I've got a, actually, I have two graphic this novels. Year. Well, let me tell them about The Keeper Fat okay. real fast. Right. It's based on a script. And this is, you know, a note to you screenwriters out there. Uh, the, the real frustrating thing about screenwriting is that you put so much love and care into your work, and then if you can't sell it, which let's face it, that is an uphill battle, and you can't afford to make it yourself, it just sits in a drawer. So this was an accidental uh, 
circumstance where we sent the screenplay to a reader, John Jennings, a friend of ours, who also happens to be a, a great artist and editor. And he'll probably be a guest yes, in weeks to come. Absolutely. And he said, oh my gosh, I want to publish this. So it's a second life for a screenplay. And that we'll tell the story of that screenplay another show. But uh, it's called The Keeper, and that's coming out this year. And, and Steve, tell them about okay. your graphic novel. I will. Um, for like 10 years, I've been trying to do a graphic novel that was a collection of short stories, each of which represented one step in Buddhism's eightfold path to enlightenment. And the stories were going to be kind of EC, you know, comic stories, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, you know, startling tales of science fiction, that kind of stuff. But with a serious intent under it. And because of John Jennings, uh, the opportunity was there. And because of my my friendship with uh, Charles Johnson, a great writer and National Book Award book winner, award winner and, author of The Middle Passage and philosopher. Yes, um, he it was possible for us to position ourselves powerfully because uh, Charles is also a Buddhist scholar. He has written numerous books on the subject of Buddhism, and he's very, very serious practitioner. So I was able to um, piggyback on some of his work and some of uh, some of his life efforts to produce a work that could be marketed in a particular way and presented in a particular way, and hopefully will get the kind of distribution and attention that I'm hoping it deserves. So. You know, it's always a matter of, of looking at what, what it is you're trying to achieve and looking at your resources and figuring out, you know, what are the steps that will get you there and taking those steps um, one at a time until you're in the position to take the next shot. And, and we would really advise all of you listening, uh, especially all of you writers and artists, that there's a dream project that you've had on the back burner for a while, 2022 can absolutely be your year, and to work toward that goal without distraction. Uh, and the reason I bring up distraction is this. Steve and I have long had a goal to have a movie produced. Obviously, we're screenwriters, and, and every screenwriter dreams of seeing their work on the big screen, or nowadays, actually streaming. Uh, also, it's it's getting harder and harder to get theatrical releases. So uh, the distraction part, though, is that in 2021, we saw ourselves having more pitch meetings, meet and greets, than ever before. Is that fair to say? Um, uh, a lot. A There's lot no question about that. Of, a lot of meet and greets, a lot of meetings. So we get, you know, obviously got excited about a lot of other projects. We worked on some other scripts uh, we were hired to work on. And then at the beginning of 22, we realized, wait a second, if we want a movie made, we probably should just make that movie ourselves. And it sounds like a big, big dream, and it is, but way back in 2012-2013, we did produce a short film called Danger Word. My best friend, Lucina Fisher, directed it. Steve and I co-executive uh, produced and co-wrote it. And, and I appeared uh, as a zombie, a zombie. And, and I did a voice on the radio. Yes. So it was and our son was in it. I, I, all our kids were in it. it. It really was a great way for us to all just get closer as friends. Terrence Taylor, the editor, is also a friend, also a horror writer. And although I never wanted to do crowdfunding again, <laughs> and it's been now really almost 10 years yes. since we made Danger Word, this light bulb suddenly went off because we've had some, some disappointments with screenplays, including The Keeper, you know, a um, couple different times we haven't been able to get it set up. And it's kind of like that light bulb saying, wait a second, don't forget that lesson we had learned 10 years ago. If you want something on the screen, 
find a way to put it there yourself. And we don't have all the answers. We don't know the story yet. We don't know what the budget, how we'll get the budget. We'll, we'll try to keep it low. But the point is just making the declaration. You know what? Let's just do it. What are well, we waiting for? Well, I think that I don't know when that we're going to go directly for a movie. I think that an intermediate step might very well be a radio play. Well, we would like to do narrative podcast. Yeah. But um, I, I would love to well, have at least written a script that we could potentially start. Narrative podcast. Is that what they call it? Yes. Okay. Narrative podcast. Yes. Um, audio play. We'll yeah. Call, call, well, audio I'll, play I'll call, is fine I'll too. call it that. Um, we're practicing the screenwriting at the same time that we're practicing creating the audio play that that audio play is then proof of concept for a film in other words if if we do this right then the same idea is opening doors on multiple levels i think that that there's no that there is an advantage to thinking that way we're, we're trying out ideas we're trying out images at the same time we're playing with technology we're getting the ideas out there and we're building teams and other stuff and we're, we're learning if you're trying to ask the question what is it that you need to learn in order to accomplish something you want to have discrete steps along the way so that you can uh stop and rest you know say okay this first step is going to take six weeks step after that is going to take six months step after that could take a couple of years so having things along the way that are fun and entertaining and provide true proof of concepts so you're putting it out there you're, you're developing an audience you're you're making allies you're in if you're if you're going to need to raise money then you're literally doing something that's going to have investors saying oh these people know what they're doing it's a whole thing people it's a whole thing and that's why every new especially a big project that isn't just say you writing a short story collection which is just you and your thoughts and maybe your beta readers who who help you get better if you're if you're needing a team if it's something that's outside of your either comfort zone or knowledge base it starts with the research it's easy to get lost in the research phase but talk to people who've done it read up uh, read blog posts by people who've done it, tutorials, videos, even a course uh, by people who've done it, because it will save you so much time and energy. Uh, yeah, so that's my first my first piece of advice is if the thing that's hanging you up is that you don't quite know how to do it, the joy is you can learn how to do it. And maybe that's even the first step you take in 2022, become the person who knows how to do the thing that you really want to do. I would say that the first step needs to be to get clear on what it is that you want to do. That, you know, that it's not necessarily, it's not the, quite the same thing as a New Year's resolution. It's more like, you know, who, who is it that you want to be? Uh, what, and once you get really clear on what it is that you're trying to accomplish, your next question is why? Why do you want to do it? Because the why is the emotional energy that you're going to need to push yourself. Um, ideally, you're not going to push yourself. You're going to just you're going to define the things that you want so vividly that you're pulled toward your vision. And the people who say that they don't have the motivation to do something usually don't have very many reasons to do it. That they're basically you know they've got a dozen reasons not to do something and two reasons to do it. Well, of course, just sitting on the couch is going to win out. But if your house is burning down, you've got the motivation motivation to get off the off the couch. So if you can increase the pain that you feel if you're not going to do it, like oh God, it's been ten years and we haven't gotten a movie and this and this and this, and a lot of pleasure connected to doing it. Oh, it would be so much fun. We'd be with our friends and we could put out ideas that we like. And you really visualize the positive implications of doing it and the negative consequences of not doing it 
all you have to do is keep turning up the fire until it hurts enough on one end and feels good enough on the other and you will automatically start moving in that direction so that's you know i think that that even though it's not new year's eve uh you know new year's eve was was well, several days ago it is still we're, we're still in in the envelope of the time when you can spend some time to think about what is it you really want to do and i would suggest that you have a goal in in each of the three major arenas that you you think about what you want in terms of your relationships and that's relationship with yourself as well as with others you think about what you want to do in your career uh, moving yourself forward is it time for you to start thinking about changing your job get rid of that toxic job have you seen the statistics on people leaving their jobs maybe you're supposed to be one of them yeah i mean if you're if you feel trapped in your job then ask a simple question how long would you have to plot and plan before you could get out of that job would it take a year two years we'll start now because you know a year from now you're going to be a year older in a new job or you're going to be a year older in the same job it's it's up to you. You have some you have some decisions to make here. That that what we're asking you to do with life writing is to write your own story. What is the story of, of your life? What do you want to do? What what's important to you to do? Start doing it. And that third part of the equation is your creative work, which is where the life writing principle of a sentence a day can be very very useful. Um, it's something that Steve has been teaching for years. It's something I personally used when I was pecking away at my novel before COVID. Uh, sometimes it was just writing a sentence in the outline to get through the outline. I realized at a certain point I needed to see more of the novel, so I had to outline it to the end. And then it might be, oh, I was working on a script for several weeks and I had to, to put the novel aside and then went, but, but I can also kind of keep a fingernail in the novel if I read over like that last paragraph and just add one more sentence, just so that the coals don't go completely cold. You wanna keep those coals stirred up so that there's just a little bit of a spark in there, even if you're in a circumstance where you can't spend dedicated writing time for hours every day. Now, you know, for me, a little, little correction here. The three arenas that I look at most closely, you know, are the emotional arena of relationships, the mental arena of career or artistic accomplishment, ah, okay. and the physical arena of your ah. physical health and body. I knew there was a third one in there somewhere. <laughs> absolutely, there absolutely is. <laughs> so I think that that opening up the box and looking looking at all the different things that we want to accomplish this year, the projects that we have going, it might be a good idea to take a look at that and then make sure that we're spending the time necessary to move it forward. You know, just just it doesn't take a lot of time if you're very clear in what it is you're trying to do and you you do make uninterrupted time to do it. So what are the projects? What what have you got on the on the stove? What's cooking? Um, a pitch, actually. We can actually talk about that a bit more in our, our next episode. I'm looking forward to that. But but a primary the project... The WW pitch? No, no, no. This is the reformatory. Ah, reformatory uh, Because pitch. my novel that's coming out this year has already been optioned for film and television by SK Global. Mm -hmm. And I'm having the privilege of working with some really great folks, including my high school English teacher, Mitchell Kaplan, which what a weird story that is. I'll tell you more about that on another day. But we are trying at this point to sort of separate the novel's version of the story from the television series version of the story so that we can go out and start shopping it. Now, each form is, is different. A short story version of a story is different from a novel version of a story, which is different from a movie version of a story, which is different from a television series version of a story. 
learning how to match the size and scope and depth of a story to a particular medium is an art form. I and I'm definitely still trying to learn that myself. What are, what projects do you have you're working on that well, you're excited well, about? There'll be promotion for the two graphic novels, of course. Yes. Um, I'm playing around with a couple of novel possibilities. Uh, one has been written as a screenplay, it's a time travel love story, um, and it may very well end up being that it's it's not a screenplay. It's 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 too big and there are too many moving parts. That's that's a possibility. I have to be willing to look at that and not feel grief about it. And then there is uh, another book which is a sequel to to uh, the, my first solo novel, Street Lethal. Um, there's something that I want to do there. There, there were, I did three books: Street Lethal, Gorgon Child, and Fire Dance. And those the, the the lead characters in those stories are people I really love, and I would like to revisit them. Um, there are a number of television pitches that we were involved in last year, some of which will pop back up this year. Yes. There are others that, or at least one that I was doing um, with with a very talented team that probably is not going to come to anything, and I'm going to withdraw the option from them in all likelihood. But I will continue to ask questions about what can be done with it. So there are projects that people brought to us, projects that we want to do. The question of uh, of an audio podcast, you know. What, what would we like to do there? How about a movie? What would we like to do there? So there are a lot of different things in the arena of, uh, of writing to be done. Um, there are things that we want to do in, the, in our relationship and in our, our family in terms of helping. This is Jason's last year of high school. Yes. We want to make sure that he, he, when he graduates high school, he's got the skills necessary to really understand what it's going to take for him to move into the adult world. He then gets to make some decisions about what he wants his life to look like there, then all he has to do is find people who have achieved that life, see what price they paid to get it. Find out, is he or is he not willing to pay that price? If he's not willing to pay that price, that's fine. You find a price you are willing to pay, but whatever it is, you have to be willing to commit. You have to be willing to say, this is what I'm going to do with this this day, this week, this month, this year, this period of my life. If you do that, you start getting the results that you want. If you don't do that, you end up being kind of unhappy with the way your life has turned out. And no matter how busy we get, no matter how many people want meetings, it was so clarifying when Jason started homeschooling just to say, well, we can't take meetings between this time and this time. You know, that's boom, because we're we're dealing with his homeschooling and uh, we, we can't let excitement or dreaming. I mean, I try not to get to the point where I get too excited about anything because I've had a few kicks in the stomach following that. But sometimes inevitably you can't help getting a little bit excited about a prospect or a pitch or, you know, someone potentially wanting to work with you. But I can never lose sight of the fact that my son needs me. I'm his primary teacher right now, Steve and I, and also my mate needs me. And it's and not only are we married for 23 years, about to be 24, but we also collaborate together. So collaborating means that we need to be in sync. We have to grease up 
that that uh pipe <laughs> whatever whatever the metaphor is maybe that's not the one i was looking for we need to <laughs> it depends uh, on where you okay, were going with that Grease up those rails that's what i think i was trying to say as much as possible so that train will fly down those tracks we don't have time to be involved with little petty scuffles over silliness and so so all those so there, there are those, those things, things. And, uh, and our physical practices physical yoga, practices you know the kettlebells i walking i was hoping to go to the Philippines last year, and then COVID hit and completely screwed that up. Um, and so, looking to see what my goals might be in terms of physical things, you know, martial arts things, so forth. It's it's critical to have goals that motivate you, that make you want to keep going. So. You know, I need to clarify those things. I need to decide what resources am I going to need? What can I do? I can't go to classes very much right now because I don't know, feel I'm, comfortable I'm, going to classes. Omicron is not a joke. Um, it's it's just uh, trying to get everything in place so that I don't miss anything, so that I don't look back over a year and feel like I didn't accomplish what it was I was trying to do. Um, so that's that's the pieces of it um and then one of the things that we we've committed doing is leaving a trail of breadcrumbs to to teach to to be able to help people so as soon as we learn it we want to pass it on so one of the things that we wanted to do is to make sure that we have we have at least one teachable moment in every every one of these so this week's uh is from our life writing premium uh program and it's the the notion so the six-step life writing process for getting published and it's the first step is to write at least one sentence a day you know basically to write a sentence a day you know we actually had a program where we talked about how you know write a book a year with a sentence a day and the trick is that if you it's very similar to if you were going to run track and so let's say your goal was to run five miles um and that's too intimidating you know, you're, you're laying in bed, you're sure thinking, is. oh, God, I don't want to go down there and run five miles. I don't want to run one mile. But if you say to yourself, okay, let me get out of bed, brush my teeth, wash my face, put on my track suit, stretch, put on my shoes, walk down to the track, okay? Now I'm going to walk around the track one time, and then if I want to, I could quit. That's the whole thing with a sentence a day. Because if you if you do all of those other things, if you know that your goal is to run five miles, by the time you've done there, you're down there and you've done those precursive activities, that you're gonna go ahead and run another lap. You know, at least one lap. And if you keep doing that, keep telling yourself, all I have to do is get down there and walk one lap, then you'll run two laps, three laps, four laps your body will begin to open, will begin to adjust, and your psychology works the same way. If, you know, you have to ask yourself, so what so are the things that you have to do to write? What he's saying, though, is that if you write the sentence a day, most likely a lot of those days you're going to end up writing more than one sentence. I think that's the, the shorter way of saying that, right, honey? Well, because you're, you're training yourself in the ritual and you're engaging with the project emotionally, and chances are after that one sentence you're going to keep writing. Well, that's part of it. And that's a big part of it. But another part of it is just the question, how do we keep our creativity open? Mm. And what creativity is, as far as I'm concerned, is just building a bridge between your conscious and unconscious minds. You know, everybody goes quietly insane every single night. We dream every single night, whether you remember them or not. So writing in many ways is keeping access to that crazy part of you 
And if if you say I'm going to write a sentence a day, then you're keeping that part that that connection from healing up. Um, that you're 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 forcing yourself to actually do the things that you need to do to be able to be sure that day after day after day you're staying in touch with that creative part of you, the, the child part of you, the unconscious part of you, the dreamer part of you, and you are not just creating a connection but you're creating connection with your fingers on the type on, on on the keyboard that you are you know rolling your eyes up and going to alpha state and seeing the vision that you want and then writing one sentence about it if you really see it you'll probably end up writing a little bit more because objects in motion stay in motion objects at rest stay at rest this is these kinds of principles that don't take a lot of time but actually have very deep impact on you is the core of what it is that that is our program so we'll be talking about these things on the air but we also would like to bring you a little bit closer if this is what it is that you want then we would strongly suggest that first of all you sign up for our podcast to make sure that you find out about it and you do that by going to lifewritingweekly.com and giving us your email address so we can let you know every time there's a new podcast we can make we can make sure and if you really want us to be able to coach you you're going to want want to join the life writing premium program we get give you every week for a year the very best writing prompts that we've got and that's at lifewritingpremium.com tell us a little bit about about what you're adding to this process it's a compilation of our teachings our videos our philosophies so i taught for 10 years in the creative writing program at antioch university los angeles lots of lectures are included for you as a part of that life writing program if you weren't able to take the classes with me live i lectured at the geneva writers conference that lecture is available both in video and uh, on a PDF or or Google Doc. So it really is between the two of us, what we have learned in years (laughs) as writers, as screenwriters, and as writer citizens who are trying to live balanced lives. And as Steve said, check out that course at www.lifewritingpremium.com. The course is actually the sponsor. And I hope you all have had a good time. I mean, this is our first one. We don't know how it will sound a year from now, but so far so good. What do you guys think? How do we do in the podcast? How do we do? So thank you. All right. If you guys could just keep it down. Wow. They're rowdy. They are rowdy. They love you. Yeah. No, they love us, honey. It's the two Uh, of us, the two of us together. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Tell your friends about the Life Running Podcast. We'll be back next week. And this month, we have a super special guest coming up. We can't talk about. We can't talk about yet. We are lining that stuff up. So excited to share it with you. Everybody go out and write for your life. Okay. Just be the hero in the adventure of your lifetime. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Life Writing Podcast. Join us next time for more conversations about creating the project of your dreams. For more information, go to lifewritingpremium.com and get ready to write for your life. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.